Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. And don't forget to follow on the Twitters and the Instagrams at RMK Madness. I have no idea what the deal is with the uh, British accent, particularly after a weekend in which we were supposed to be celebrating independence from Great Britain. But I hope everybody had a good holiday weekend, a safe, hopefully you were safe, and not the people at the beaches, in the water, no social distancing, no masks, and I know, I know, people are going to point out, well, people were protesting, yeah, for a righteous cause, and you, righteous, would that be the right word, for a cause, a great cause, and you, people, in the pools, you're going for fun. You're going to get blasted and not remember the day, the night, potentially hook up. That's what you're going for. Not exactly the same. And, might I add, protesters were being as safe as possible. Almost every single one wearing masks, using hand sanitizer. And, I would say, the protests are happening outdoors. Yes, the partiers at the beach is outdoors, but they're also in basically what I love people keep referring to on Twitter as a Petri dish. Because you see, the protesters, yes, they're standing next to each other, but <laughs> these people swimming together, they're sharing lots of stuffs. So completely different. Just saying. Just saying. And honestly... Personally, I was not uh, in much of the mood to do a bunch of celebrating. There is a great Frederick Douglass quote. Now, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to find it. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I haven't. What to the slave is 4th of July? Now, that's just the beginning of the quote. 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 Thank you. And I urge you to look up this quote and read the rest. And I'll be talking about it on my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris, also coming out today. Keep an eye out for that on the Twitters. But there's a reason that maybe this, this day isn't as important to some as others. And I can understand that. And given the current climate and beliefs that I've always had, it made it especially difficult to feel in a celebratory mood on this one. And you know what? That's coming from someone who could give really not that much of a shit about the holiday anyway. I, in college, I did a lot of history classes. Because at one point, I was going to be a history major. That was during my drinking days when I thought getting up in front of students and talking about history sounded like the greatest idea in the world. Still, I think it's a great idea. And a noble cause. And I could do it. And I would love it. But I veered off that path. I did. I did. I got to a point where I felt like I needed something quicker. <laughs> and to teach how I wanted to teach was going to take a little bit longer. But I, granted, I haven't retained everything, let's be honest. Because it's hard to retain shit. It's just like Spanish. I took a year of Spanish in college. 
I think it was more than that. Two years. And man, I knew some shit. But now, you got to keep up with that shit. You got to practice it. You got to continue to use it if you want to retain it. And so my history, much like my Spanish, has gone by the wayside. But I still retain pieces. And there was something about history that always fascinated me, and that was war. Even though I, 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 you know, it's heartbreaking and tragic, and it kills me. But it's also very compelling in ways. And so the celebration of independence, again, rings true for some and hollow for others. And I think that's important to, you know, make, make clear. But I digress. I'll get out of the whole, whole, the, you, you know, seriousness and we can get on to some fantasy football. Although before we do, I would like to point out that I, this, this, this Kanye running for president shit, this isn't real, right? Is this motherfucker out here trying to steal votes from Biden or some shit? Why would you? Would... Damn. He better not. He better not. And if he does, I hope people don't vote for him. No offense to any people who love them some Kanye, uh, but dude is a bit of a fool. And I would say not fit for presidency, just as our current president. We don't need another one of those jokers in. So that's number one. Number two, again, this feels not like a legit presidential campaign. Feels like he's coming in all late. Like, what is he fucking doing? <laughs> what? 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. So, you got me on the whole Kanye thing. I don't know what he's fucking doing. I don't know what he's fucking up to. But it's fucking weird, man. And I don't trust it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get to some some news of the day. Let's ride into some news. So we're gonna get a name change for the Washington Foreskins, which is great overall, right? Because that needed to be done. I mean, years ago. So it, it's one of those about time things. And, you know, it's great because the current vibe in the country, you know, everything that's going on, people are waking up and people are pushing for diversity and pushing for equality. And, again, I've always said, I think a little bit for some people is that it's going against Trump. But it's amazing what this has done. And you have to have more hope than ever before. I was listening to Joe Rogan and uh, John Stewart podcast. You know, Joe Rogan's pod, he had John Stewart. That was a better way to say that. <laughs> anyway, I was listening to that, and uh, John Stewart, you know, made a lot of good points when he was talking. And just with everything going on now, like, you know there's more good guys than bad guys. This is kind of the way he put it. More good people than bad people. And, you know, 
it's just really coming to fruition for some reason. That's the reason to have hope. It's never been this potent before, right? I mean, we've had Black Lives Matter protests before. We've fought for this shit for a while. But now it's a huge deal. And now we're getting things like the Washington Foreskins changing their name, the Cleveland Caucasians changing their name. As you can see, I already did it for them. But uh, I don't think, I don't think my suggestions, and I got to be honest, they're not all mine. I just saw them and was like, that's fucking great. But I, Bamani Jones, wore the uh, Cleveland Caucasian shirt, I believe. Was it? It was Bomani, right? Yeah. And then there's a guy in my, in my, one of my fantasy leagues who was the Foreskins. So I'm not going to lie. Those two, those two little nicknames right there, <clears throat> not chatter originals. I got to be honest. No. But they're good stuff, so I use them. Good shit, Jay. Justin Porter, I believe, is the dude who has the four, who had the Foreskins team. I don't think it's the Foreskins anymore. And then gives the props to Bomani for a spectacular shirt. The Cleveland Caucasians. And that looks like we're getting some name changes. Anyway, I, I know I got roped back into some serious, but, you know, it's a big part of what's going on in society. It's going to be woven in throughout everything we do because this is what's going on. The world is fucking crazy right now. There's a pandemic. There's a fucking eight-year-old wearing diapers who's an egotistical maniac in the White House leading one of the most powerful nations in the fucking world. And that particular nation is also very shitty towards black people and other minorities and women and the LGBTQ community. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking mess right now. It is. So we can't help but discuss this stuff. But, but if you want more, again, I, I know I digress. Save it for the miscellaneous debris pot. Save it for debris. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> we're good. We're good. So, in other news, deadlines coming up for those franchise tags. There's a handful of players who haven't signed, but for fantasy purposes, really, the big the big name is AJ Green. Now, what does this mean? Are we going to get an AJ Green holdout? If so, that would certainly boost T Higgins up a little bit. Now, I wish they would just go ahead and fucking trade them already, but they don't seem inclined to do so. And to be honest, Joe Burrow could put A.J. Green right back into fantasy relevancy. So it's a shame that he's not committed yet, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe it turns around. There's a couple of weeks left, but it's something to keep an eye on, particularly if you're an A.J. Green owner in Dynasty. Also, David Njoku. He's out there demanding trades, man. He's out there demanding a trade. From his team, the Cleveland Browns, he must be feeling a little salty because they brought in Austin Hooper and they drafted a tight end, Mr. Bryant. So, like, he's wanting to get out and, I guess, really make a name for himself. And I, I don't get it. You know, it's hard to blame him. On the one hand, it's like, hey, man. This team could be really good. On the other hand, it's like, it's the Browns. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, everybody's been waiting for you to just break out and be a stud for years now. And the Cleveland might be part of the problem. 
And now you bring in Austin Hooper, it makes it even harder. So maybe he wants to break out and get that good second contract. And so maybe he feels his best way to do that is by leaving Cleveland. And now a few things would happen if he does, in fact, get traded. One, depending on what team he goes to, and I have a lot of, a lot of people on the Twitters suggesting that he get traded to the aforementioned Washington Foreskins because they don't really have a tight end of consequence. I do like Logan Thomas. There are some people who are on the uh, Thaddeus Moss train, um, but they don't really have anybody of consequence. Jeremy Sprinkle is not it, I promise. So that would be a team that would be mighty intriguing with an improving Dwayne Haskins, an improving offense. I'm telling you, because I expect big things from guys this year. I know some people are like waiting for him to get injured again. But I expect that offense to be much better. So Njoku, depending on where he goes, that certainly changes the conversation about him. And then you look at what's left behind. Well, then, you know, there's a much brighter future for the rookie, Mr. Bryant. I keep saying Mr. Bryant because I honestly can't remember which of the Bryants it is that they draft. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And I thought I had something written down. So I know, I know, what the fuck. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> or not moving on, continuing on. So you have the rookie Bryant, and then you have Austin Hooper. Njoku gets traded, then Austin Hooper is all of a sudden back up. Back up, because I don't know about any of you, but for me, I was lowering him. You know, he was great in Atlanta. But he had to, he's, and he's not like a top-notch tight end as far as, you know, athletic profile and things like that. But he's pretty good. And you put him in the right system, and he can really shine like he did with Atlanta. You put him in a system like Cleveland, he's playing alongside and joke. I mean, what's going to go there? There's, there's a reason to drop him down a little bit. But if Njoku gets traded, I'm much more confident in Hooper. Because, yeah, you got the rookie right there, the rookie Bryant, but then nothing else, right? Because Njoku's gone, bye-bye. So, we'll have to follow that, see how it goes, and get back to it. Yes, indeed. But, but, that's what I got for you. For news, we're going to chill out for a second. Chill out for a second. Come right back and get into uh, the madness. That's right. What the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to the madness. Yes, and as you know, this is when we get into the real meat of the show and talk about the main topic this week, or this episode, I should say. I, know. I always want to, I always want to say this week, but then I remember, as I'm about to say that, that I always do two episodes a week for both podcasts. So the whole this week thing doesn't doesn't fucking work because I do more than one in a week. I can't say that. I gotta say this episode, and sometimes get a little mixed up. The madness, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Anyway, vacated targets is our topic today. Meaning, you know, the available targets left over on a team after, you know, 
people have left via free agency, been traded away during the offseason, etc., etc. And now, what do these targets mean? Well, it depends for every team, because every team's gone through different things during the offseason, yes? So let's just get into it. I pulled the top five teams as far as most vacated targets. And we're going to look at each one and kind of dissect. And by the way, I do have an article coming about, coming about, are we really going to do this? Come on. I mean, are we really going to do this? No! I know. I'm trying. You suck, you jackass. I do not. But thank you. What the hell was I saying? Oh, right, 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 right. Vacated targets. Top teams. Dissect them, right? And as I was saying, now I recall. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now I recall. I will have an article coming out about this on playerprofiler.com. So make sure to, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that on the Twitters and whatnot. I'll have two articles coming out this week, hopefully, getting published. And one of them is the vacated targets. The other one is our topic for next episode. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But the top five teams, let's get into it. Number one. The Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons sit at the top with 258 targets. Now, you look at why they have so many targets missing. Well, they traded Mohamed Sanu last year, so there goes he. Devontae Freeman's no longer on the team. He caught, uh, well, quite a few passes. Not so much the past year or two as previously. A eh? poor Devontae Freeman the journey downhill. And he had a job with the fucking Seahawks, which would have been much better than Carlos Hyde. But he wanted too much fucking money because he doesn't realize nobody wants to pay old running backs. They can just get rookie running backs, man. You can't do that, Devontae. If you want to play, you got to play for less. I feel you. Running backs deserve to be paid, but that's not the reality of the situation as shitty as it is. So, you keep going, you keep going. There goes Freeman. I'm The previously mentioned Austin Hooper, he's gone. So these targets, 258 of them, gone. Now, how many do you think Todd Gurley gets? I'd say if you look at it, Gurley and Freeman, that's a pretty fair trade-off. Okay, they'll probably use Gurley in the same way they use Freeman. And I know fantasy owners are probably hoping he'll be more effective. And I'd say he will be. I don't think you're going to see the Todd Gurley of old, even in this really good Falcons offense. But I do think there's reason to be hopeful because I do think he'll be better than Devonta Freeman. And of course, Julio's going to get his. He had 150 some targets in 2019. And then Ridley, Calvin Ridley, you got to give him a little bit of a bump. And But what are the other guys that came in? Well, they traded for Hayden Hurst, right? So he should just come in and replicate Austin Hooper right now. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know why? Hayden Hurst 
It's not quite on the level of Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's a better player. And what he did for that team in his spot will be hard to replicate for Hayden Hurst. Now, Hayden Hurst will be solid, but I don't imagine he will get the same volume of targets as Austin Hooper did. It's not a one-for-one trade. It's just not. Going to the Falcons certainly helps because, well, that's part of what made Austin Hooper so successful was his situation. So I'm sure Hayden Hurst will be good, but not a one-for-one replacement, in my humble opinion. So then you got to look at where could some of these, uh, you know, uh, where are the rest of these available targets? Where are they going to go? Everybody's thinking, you know, this is just a massive bump for Calvin Ridley. That's all this is. And Hayden Hurst and blah, 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 blah. But they're forgetting about someone, someone I've mentioned before, someone that I have an article out about on playerprofiler.com. One of my dear to my heart hidden gems, and that's Olamide Zacchaeus. Now, I'm not going to run through his above average and in some cases pretty good player profiler. I'm not going to get into his college production and the 76% catch rate, or was it 67? <laughs> Maybe I, that's why I shouldn't get into it, because I didn't write it down, and I don't remember. Because <laughs> I didn't plan on getting into it. It was the whole reason I didn't write it down. And then I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I probably should have wrote that down. It seems like worth mentioning right now. <laughs> but I mentioned this guy before. I've wrote on him. He's a stud. A stud! And I just think he's waiting to be unleashed. And right now, the number three receiver for the Falcons is Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Kiss my butt. Yeah, that's right. Russell Gage. Russell Gage. We love him. No. No. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of aspects of his overall profile that are interesting. But there's no question Olamide Zacchaeus is the better player. Go on Google or YouTube, whatever, and look up Olamide Zacchaeus' first NFL touchdown. Just look it up. I believe, if not by the start of the year, because, you know, wacky, wacky training camp, at some point during the year, Olamide Zacchaeus will overtake Russell Gage for that number three spot. They didn't draft any fucking receivers. This is who they got with a couple other guys that are not worth mentioning. And he'll overtake Russell Gage, and he is going to eat into that huge, you know, target jump that bump that fucking Calvin Ridley is going to get. Yeah, Zacchaeus is going to take away from that a little bit. And that's where I see the Falcons in their vacated target situation. Yes, I agree. Calvin Ridley gets a little bit of a bump. Gurley's kind of a swap for Freeman. And Olamide Zacchaeus is the big beneficiary, if you ask me. And again, don't overrate Hayden Hurst. He's not Austin Hooper. Moving on to number two on the list of the Dallas Cowboys. America's team and Jared Jones. Jared Jones who has still been pretty fucking quiet about everything that's going on in America. Hmm. 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 I know. I know. Anyway. (laughs) They are sitting in second place with 190 
vacated targets. You, know, you see second place to first place and what a gap there is there between the Falcons and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys may seem surprising, but they did lose Jason Witten and Randall Cobb, believe it or not, caught a good amount of passes for the Cowboys last year. And there's the belief that this Mike McCarthy hiring will do some good for the offense. And I don't disagree. You look at some of the guys that are still there, even after they lost Witten and Cobb, and you think, okay, okay, Blake Jarwin, you got to give him a bump. Michael Gallup a little bit. But to me, to me, the real winner is CeeDee Lamb. And I know lots of people were sitting there going, hey, fucking landing spots, huh? Fucking CeeDee Lamb lands on the fucking Cowboys. I know there's a lot of Philly fans pissed about that because they were so close to getting him. But the Cowboys snatched him up. And everybody, oh, well, there goes Michael Gallup. There goes CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Tis true. That does create, uh, you know, quite the target competition. But here's the thing. In 2020, there could be more targets available based on the offense. And not to mention, with 190 targets, you can bump up Gallup a little bit. Jarwin could step in to take place of Witten's if he gets that much. And there's still plenty of targets left to give Tony Pollard a bump because they apparently want to use him more in the receiver role because they know how good he is. But he's really not put to his full use unless there's an injury or suspension to Zeke, right? So they want to find other ways to get him involved because he is that fucking good, Tony Pollard. So you got to give him a little bump, but you can give Pollard a bump and Gallup a bump and throw in some targets from Witten to Blake Jarwin and you still have plenty of targets around 100 hmm and that's a little more for the others or that's where CeeDee Lamb comes in because the thing is CeeDee Lamb in a loaded fucking wide receiver class was the best receiver in the class okay which means he's better than Amari Cooper, who was not the best receiver in his class, okay? I've always liked Amari Cooper. I think he's a solid dude. I also have often found him to be overvalued. Now, he got a big value bump when he went to Dallas, became the number one there, but I think, in my opinion, my humble one, Amari Cooper is much better served as a number two. And he will be the number two to C.D. Lamb by the end of the year. And there's plenty of vacated targets. So those who are kind of worried about C.D. Lamb because you want, you know, that production and you're worried that he's just walking in and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Yeah, no. Go with C.D. Lamb. And for those of you doubting Michael Gallup, well, here's another thing. Might not be a bad idea to trade for him while his stack is low. Because Michael Gallup is a hell of a receiver. And I do think, despite CeeDee Lamb being there, he can still get a bump in targets. And you got to think about it. At some point, Michael Gallup 
is going to be approaching, what is he in year three right now? One more year. One more year. And he's gone. And after paying Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott, and then they're going to have to pay Dak, and then a few years down the line, they're going to have to pay CeeDee Lamb if they don't want to lose that bad boy. So what are the odds that Michael Gallup even stays on Dallas? What if they get rocking and rolling, Michael Gallup makes some noise, but C.D. Lamb is clicking and they just say, fuck it, let's flip Gallup. Possible. So now would be a good time to buy Gallup. Because I believe people are sleeping on him a little bit just because they added C.D. Lamb. But that's why you got to look at some, some of this, you know, information that not everybody looks at. Vacated targets. That's a, quite a few targets available. Plenty to go around and enough for CeeDee Lamb. Number three on the list with 183 vacated targets is the New York Jets. Yeah, the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And really, this one's kind of fun for me because, okay, so the Jets upgraded their O-line, okay? Or they tried to. They spent a lot, spent a lot of money in free agency, spent a high draft pick, so they tried. Sam Darnold is that type of gunslinging quarterback. I like Sam Darnold. I don't know. Some people don't necessarily believe in him, but I like him. And I think he's going to sling this fucking rock all over the place, particularly because I don't think the Jets running game. Look, Lev Bell is not the same guy. And you look behind him. I'm sorry. People can say whatever they want. I'm not overly impressed with any of them. Not LaMichael P. Ryan. Not who, who the fuck do they, do they have? The last year was Frank Gore, right? <laughs> like, n- no, Frank Gore was in Buffalo, was he? <laughs> Is Frank Gore there this year? Is he? The Eagles? <laughs> Wasn't he? Oh, no, because Frank Gore was gonna, going to sign with the Eagles one year, right? And then he didn't. Was that the year he did for Miami? Oh, good God. Frank Gore's been around so long, I can't keep his shit straight in my head. But anyway, so I believe this is going to be a team that throws the ball a lot, and Darnold's going to sling it. He's got very little fear, and I know everybody was like, he's seeing ghosts, he's seeing ghosts. Hey, give the kid a break. Come on. Rookie year, had the mono, and then had to go against some tough defenses. He got fucked up. Give him a break. Give him a break. But they lost Robbie Anderson, okay? And other than that, they didn't have a lot of talent to begin with, right? I mean, they lost Demarius Thomas. Who could end up re-signing with them, apparently? But you got 183 targets. You've lost very little as far as talent. And you've added Brashad Perryman, who's decent, He's got a great athletic profile. He's just, uh, you know, people expected much more. So I think he's a solid player. I think people consider him a bust because he was going in the first round. I wasn't drafting his ass. You didn't see me drafting him, Kevin White. (laughs) No, thank you. But Perriman, he's found himself a little niche now the deep ball kind of guy, and that's someone that kind of, you know, steps in and takes Robbie Anderson's spot, right? And everybody, you know, for the past couple of years, me included, kept going, hey. Well, hello, Harry Potter. I'm sorry, pardon me. 
but you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I just got a mail, uh, a letter in the mail from Hogwarts. That's what that was. Not really. That was my goddamn email notification, and my phone was supposed to be on vibrate, but it wasn't. So apologies for that. Apologies for that. Anyway, back to the Jets. Back to the Jets. So Robbie Anderson's gone. He went to Carolina. You got Brashad Perryman in there. And as I was saying with Robbie Anderson, he, including myself, everybody wanted him to be the number one guy there. Because the Jets said they wanted to do more with him than just the deep threat. And it just, it never panned out, right? So now Robbie goes to Carolina. Not a bad deal for him. I think that's another upcoming offense. But you look at, you know, aside from Perryman, who else did they bring in? Because you can look at Perryman and say, okay, He'll take that Robbie Anderson role, and it's not going to be a shit ton of targets, we know, because he's just going to play that role, right? The deep threat role, because they weren't going to let Robbie Anderson get any more involved for some fucking reason. They're not going to let Brashad Perryman. And besides, then you look next to Brashad Perryman, you got Jamison Crowder, who was very effective last year. So he stays on the team, in the slot position. He's been great. Boom. So then you need that uh, X receiver, right? Yeah, you need that X receiver. And who did the Jets draft in the second round? Oh, that's right, Denzel Mims. Oh, man. Oh, man, I love me some Denzel Mims because he's a senior. He's experienced. He blew up at the senior ball. He is the man. His player profile is off the fucking charts. His metric. I mean, there's not much about this dude I don't like, right? And he's the perfect guy. For Sam Darnold. Yes. Sam Darnold's going to really dig it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You give Sam Darnold. Perriman is a deep threat. Right? Crowder in the slot. Right? And then Denzel Mims as your ex-receiver. Your go-to guy. I mean, 6'3". 207. As I said, the metrics... He's in the 90th percentile across the board with the exception of agility score, which is still in the 67th percentile and much above average. I mean, dude's sick. 85th percentile college dominator. I mean, he's just... I love Denzel Mims, and I think he's going to be great in this offense. And there's so many targets to go around, which means Denzel Mims should be a star in year one just from the volume that he'll get. But I also, again, believe in the dude's talent. And then you look at, where else could some of those targets go? Oh, that's right, Chris fucking Herndon. Injured last year, the Jets came out earlier in the offseason. They are very excited to unleash him, they say. And so you got 183 targets. You got Perriman essentially replacing the... Robbie Anderson targets. And then the rest of those remaining targets, man, a lot of those are going to go to Mims and Herndon. So those are two guys I really like on the Jets offense because I do think the Jets offense will be better and they're probably going to have to be throwing a decent amount. So that's just my feel. In the fourth spot on the list is the Houston Texans at 167 vacated targets. 
Now, a lot of this can be explained by losing DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> who had a lot of targets, okay? Damn near all of them. If I remember correctly, I'm going to look it up just to be safe, but I think it was like 150-some targets out of 167. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, 150 targets out of 167. So losing DeAndre Hopkins means they've lost 150 targets in one player. Now, seemingly, the Texans have tried to replace Hopkins with, uh, you know, several players because they already had traded for Kenny Stills last year. They have Will Fuller there. And then this offseason, they signed Randall Cobb in free agency and traded for Brandon Cooks. And don't forget about Kiki. I like that guy. Yeah, everybody seems to forget about him. Everybody does. But I think we're going to have to keep an eye on this situation because it's tough. There's a good amount of targets to be had, but not one of those guys comes across as a DeAndre Hopkins type that is going to be able to command 150 fucking targets. So to me, it just feels like Hopkins, this could be good for him because he's going to have so many options, so many places to go. In fantasy, that's going to be great for him. And he's already good enough as he is being able to scramble and make stuff happen on his own to have so many weapons. It's going to be so beneficial for him. But for fantasy, the weapons, who do you zero in on? I imagine this could be very spread out, much like our next team we're talking about. And I really like Cahill Waring, and he, the, the you know, second-year tight end. I know they have Jordan Akins and uh, Jordan Thomas and Daniel Fells, but Cahill Waring is a superior player, and he's been working out with Deshaun Watson. So I definitely see this as it's going to be hard to zero in on who is the number one on this team. The one guy that I think could do it, if he stays healthy, is Will Fuller. And this is coming from, I actually really like Randall Cobb. But I'm not expecting him to be the number one receiver, okay? He has very often played the number two role, and he plays it very well. I don't think he can do the number one. But Will Fuller, now granted, he's much more considered a deep threat and whatnot. And there's a little more to his game, but the biggest question with him is his health. You've seen his numbers when he's in there. You've seen how much Deshaun Watson trusts him and uses him when he's in there. So if Will Fuller can stay healthy, he could be a big beneficiary of some additional targets. And you look at the running back position, not much change in there. They got rid of Carlos Hyde. They brought in David Johnson. So some targets will go there. But really, there's no one to pin down, although you could see Will Fuller because he can do it with, you know, not a shit ton of targets. He can be very productive without that. And we've seen him do it with Deshaun Watson. We know they have that rapport. So that's the one guy I would look at and say, hmm, maybe, maybe. But that's hard to decipher, that Texan situation. Like I said, I like Cobb. I really do. 
but enough. And in Cooks, I, I, did, I just, I once upon a time really liked him. I personally don't even want to see the dude play football anymore because he's had too many goddamn concussions. He's going to fuck his brain up if he keeps going and keeps getting concussions. So if you ask me, I just assume the motherfucker just stop playing football, retire. And when it comes to the actual football aspect, I just, that's the thing. I don't think, I think anymore, he's just not the same. He's decent when he's out there. But then you got to worry about him getting smashed. I mean, like, I don't know. Can't do it. Can't do it with the Brandon Cooks. But that's my thoughts on the Texans. We'll move on to our final team, the Cardinals, with 136 targets available. Now, they didn't lose a whole lot. They lost David Johnson, and they lost Demir Bird, and a couple of tight ends, Charles Clay, Ricky Seals-Jones. And then they added DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I guess the way for me to look at this is this is another team where the targets are going to spread around. Now, they did that last year because it's a high-volume offense. I think it's number two in pace of play. And they run a lot of three and four wide receiver sets. And their running backs catch passes. So as people are getting very excited for DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, I'm here to say just slow it down a bit. Because he's being drafted in the second round as the fourth wide receiver. And I don't think he'll put up those numbers. Last year, last, I tried to combine season and year right there. Last serious season. <laughs> Hopkins in 2019 finished as the number six receiver. That was being the man. I just don't. I just don't see it in Arizona because you still got to feed Christian Kirk. Larry Fitz is going to get his. The running back Kenyon Drake. He's going to be a focal point this year. He came in and was a monster. 35 passes in eight games with the team. They're going to continue to roll with that. You got Andy Isabella. You got a couple other receivers. Like, this isn't the same situation as Houston, where the Hopkins and Watkins connection, that that Watson connection, where that was the connection. Because yeah, you had Will Fuller there, but he was fucking hurt half the time. So he's still being drafted like he's going to be, you know, a top five wide receiver. And I just don't see it this year. And really for the vacated targets for Arizona, that's really the takeaway for me. Because you're going to have Christian Kirk and you're going to have Larry Fitzgerald. You're going to have these guys. And yes, they have 156 targets available. And let's look at the people they lost again. Not too much. So, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to go in there and easily probably get 100. But if you're thinking 150 targets, top five wide receiver, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. That is a very high-powered offense. So, But that's my main takeaway from the Cardinals situation with vacated targets. All right. All right, all right. So I hope everybody got something from that. I find that stuff, that kind of stuff, interesting. And the vacated targets, that's really kind of a cool thing because it gives you an idea of, hey, this is how many targets approximately should be available this coming year. And you look at what people left a team and what people were added, and it kind of gives you an idea of where some of those targets could go. 
Could it bump up some guys? Could it lower them? Could an incoming player really get a big role? Like there's some good things to gain from looking at this kind of data. So that's what I got. That's what I got. So we're going to take a quick break, take a quick break, and then we'll be back to close up shop. All right? All right. Game over, man. Game over. Game over, man. Game over. Yeah, that's right. We are into it. We are into the close of the Fantasy Madness podcast. And I appreciate everyone who is listening, did listen, whatever. I appreciate you. I'm going to get some shit up on Patreon soon. Get that rolling. So in in the case, I know it's a tough time right now. Not a lot of people can, and you know, scrounge the shit up, man. It's tough times. But if you get around to it and you want to do it, feel free. Donate even just a tad to help me pay for my time so I can continue to do what I'm doing. Because at some point, I'm going to have to go back to work, real work, not what I want to do. <laughs> I want to keep writing about fantasy football and talking about fantasy football and whatnot. So, yes, I'm going to set up the Patreon. I'm going to come up with some cool prizes. I got good ideas for T-shirts and different things. Uh, stickers. Might do some stickers. Although, nobody really likes stickers anymore, do they? I don't care. I do. And stickers are badass. And I would have the most badass of stickers. <laughs> so, so, that's what we got. Oh, Ah, nothing else for else going on. No, not really. Not really anything else. Although, I would say, if you're looking for something to watch, check out Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. That's right. They rebooted the show. Now, it doesn't got, it is missing that uh, Robert Stack dude. I got to be honest. It, I kind of miss that dude and his, and his voice. And so it doesn't have that. But um, I, I watched a couple episodes. Mainly, I wanted to watch the episode about the Berkshire County UFO incident. And it was a phenomenal episode. And then as I was getting ready for bed and stuff like that, I went through a couple more episodes. It's good stuff, man. You got to check it out. But this UFO one, it's amazing. And I had forgotten about some of this stuff because being the, you know, UFO head that I am at, blah, blah, blah. Boy, really starting to lose it at the end of this fucking podcast. It's just ridiculous. You suck, you duckass. <clears throat> oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So check out the Unsolved Mysteries. We got, if you're into the UFO stuff, we got Unidentified Season 2 coming up July 11th. I'm super excited. Super excited. And speaking of, the Senate has requested the Pentagon release... Or declassify UFO findings. So that would be something crazy if that actually happened. So, yeah, keep your eyes and ears out for that. And your eyes and ears out for sports, man. Because, honestly, we can sit here and keep talking about fantasy football, assuming the season will happen. But we don't know for sure, do we? And they've had all this time, and it feels like they don't have their shit together, and now... You know, we're close, and you can see some of that shit coming ahead where it's happened in other sports with the players' union in the league arguing over the details. So, and you just, you just don't know 
how the rest of the COVID situation is going to go. Because it's looking pretty fucking bleak right now. Because there's a segment of the population that believe the masks are not effective and they're just trying to be used to control people and blah, 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 blah. Because they're fucking idiots. And there's people who think it's the same thing going to a protest with a mask as going to an enclosed bar without a mask. Yep, it's the same thing. Well, if they can protest, I can do this. Yep, same thing, you fucking idiots. So the rapidness of, of the spread of the... <laughs> this is a terrible way to say all that. But you know what I'm getting at. It's getting bad. So, to, you know, it's, it's great to sit here and fun to talk about fantasy football and, and, and all of that, but do we really know we're going to get football? This may all be for naught. It may all be for naught. Boy, what a terrible way to try and end the show on such a down note like that. <laughs> so no, don't worry. We'll have football. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I don't think it's guaranteed at this point. I really don't. But that's what I got for you today, people. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Good luck if you're doing any drafting this week. I hope it all goes well. And just remember, check me out on the Twitters at RMK Madness and the Instagram. I got my wife helping me out with my Instagram stuff. So we're going to get that rolling more as well. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a few days with another episode. And you know what? Until then, stay safe. Stay vigilant. Stay mad. Ta-ta for now. Laters.